0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline and join our... NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get up with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John Shannon. How are you? Great, Bob. You? Uh, Not bad. The uh, Another story has moved on Matthew Kachuk through The Athletic in about the last 15 minutes. We replayed our clip from Eric Francis yesterday, and Eric said he's gone. Uh, story today being written out of St. Louis and Calgary has multiple sources confirming that Matthew Kachuk has informed the Calgary Flames of his intentions to not sign a long-term extension. what Amazing how things have changed. Here's the first one for you, John. Do you think we'd be in this situation if Calgary had gone into the third round of the playoffs instead of Edmonton? If Calgary had won the Battle of Alberta? I mean, Johnny Goodrow made his decision in the last possible moment, or so it seemed, and now we have this scenario with Kachuk. Where's your headspace at with that?
1: Well, uh, um, first of all, as much as the two appear to be linked, I I do think Johnny Goodrow, who... Um, who wrote a, a, penned an article talking to the Calgary Flame fans today uh, on another website, uh, which was outstanding. It, it really explained a great deal of what his thought process was. Um, uh, I, I think that the, the frustration in, from the Kachuk camp is that, okay, if we're losing these guys, then I want to leave too, and I want to go home too. Um, so from, from that perspective... Uh, well, they aren't related, they are related. Uh, and it's it comes at a really tough time for Calgary Flames fans. I know everybody in Edmonton's sorry to hear that, but, uh, particularly after losing to their arch rivals in the battle.
0: Yeah. Kachuk, uh, I mean, is this thing fait accompli right now, in your opinion?
1: Well, uh, you know, I, I've reached out to a few people inside the organization and haven't got any confirmation back. Uh, I think that there's still hope somehow, some way, that they can convince him to, to uh, get a long-term deal done. Um, the reality of, uh, of the, the team-elected arbitration says that they basically have a year now. They, they don't have to worry about offer sheets anymore. Uh, they have a year now to either to convince him or to find out what the market's like. And so from that perspective, uh what brad trilliving doing is just trying to protect himself and the franchise to what kachuk wants but a year from now i suspect we're going to be talking about uh, kachuk in the same tones we talked about johnny goodrow this year uh it,
0: it, it does take a year or is it going to happen within the next week to two
1: well i, I mean I, I i have heard what eric francis has said um the flames are in no hurry the the flames have a player under contract for a year you know there are a few players like this around the league right now uh you put jt miller in this pack uh i'm sure there's a couple of other teams that are over the cap that are you know thinking of moving money I, i also think that you know if 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 brad does it right he he you know he creates a bit of a bidding war but don't put a deadline on of it of seven to seven days to two weeks that doesn't make any sense for me
0: yeah john um there's some other american stars whose contracts are elapsing sometime in the next couple of years so here we go you have jt miller in vancouver you have Connor Hellebuck. Uh, Miller's got a year left like Kachuk. Uh, Kachuk can walk himself to free agency here. Uh, and again, the Flames taking him to arbitration. And the story just coming out today at about 12.10 Edmonton time uh, in the athletics, saying that, it, you know, uh, multiple rumors have him re- requesting it or telling the Flames he's not going to sign an extension. So Kachuk's going to be a UFA in a year if he doesn't get dealt before then. JT Miller a year if he doesn't get dealt before then. Connor Hellebuck has two years left, and he's a UFA. Austin Matthews, two years left in his deal. He'd still be restricted at that point. Of those other four players, Kachuk, Miller, Hellebuck, and Matthews, how many will remain beyond their current contract with their current NHL organization?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's strictly a guess, Bob, but you, it, it could be 0 for 4, it, you know. It could be 0 for 4 um, w- without pressing the panic button. Um, you know, it, it takes, what, what we're learning is, is that uh, over the last couple of years that uh, uh, there are scenarios that bother people about either playing in Canada or playing in certain markets. And it's funny, we had Jeff Gorton on our podcast today, Bob. It's going to come out later today. Uh, we asked him this question about about the scenario, about Americans going home. And he said, it it happens, it, it, we shouldn't take it personally in Canada. Uh, it happens all the time where players want to play in certain cities. And play, players want to play closer to family. Uh, that's That's the reality of the business. And what is happening now is... Uh, with the money at stake, uh, it has empowered the players to dictate a bit more. I mean, the, we, the one guy you haven't mentioned in a similar situation is Pierre-Luc Dubois, Bob. But we're not mentioning him because he wants to play in Canada still. He wants to play in Montreal. So, <laughs> that's right. So it, it really, it's, it's 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 a scenario of players, you know, trying to find... A, a, a personal fit. Um, I, I mean, quite frankly, I think the, the one guy that's uh, that's probably likely to stay more than any other might be JT Miller. I think Miller likes playing in Vancouver, and I think that <laughs> slowly, the uh, slowly the management team there uh, has uh, grown to understand what Miller's role is for the Vancouver Canucks. But as you know, Bob, this is such a strange off season because once Kadri and um, Klingberg gets signed I think those are really the last two big names right once they get once they get done teams are going to take a look at okay what do we need to do what do do we need to a to be cap compliant and also there's going to be those four or five teams that say we need one piece of the puzzle to get to the Stanley Cup final and then we're going to start hearing a more of these discussions again about players that have uh, you know, finite contracts, and maybe somebody can help them. All right. I'm going to go a
0: completely different direction with you right now about an American player.
1: Patrick Kane. I, uh, I'm I'm used to this. I'm used to okay. this. Patrick
0: Kane, one year left, $10.5 million cap hit. However, yep. we've discussed this before. Um, he's only owed $6.9 million this season in real dollars, and $4 million of that was an assigning bonus that's already been paid, which means... million left in his contract for the year. So here we go. If Chicago retained 50%, they would carry one point, and we're gonna thank the guys at Puckpedia for this, um, Hart Levine. Uh, If Chicago retained 50% on Patrick Kane, they would carry 1.45 million cash and a $5.25 million cap hit. If a third team, let's say Arizona got involved, and they love to get involved in these sort of deals, they could retain 25%, which would be another $725,000 cash and 2.625 million for a cap hit. Now, what's $725,000 cash worth? Um, probably, I would say a fourth or fifth
1: round pick. That For, well, for, for but brokerage. No, but, 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 but this is all premature, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, John, John, one, John. Because, but, because there's one person that has to decide this. Patrick Ain.
0: right. Patrick so, King. so here, and I, I'm so the bottom line here is what, theoretically, what would the cost be, for an organization to pick up 25 percent of the cap hit for Kane, which is 2.625 million. What what would the cost be, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking a couple first round picks. I would think maybe a current player that was a first round pick and a future pick. Here's where it gets tricky. Uh, at Bet Online, has an actual thing. Where they list Patrick Kane's next team if traded, and guess who's got the best odds according to um, at Bet Online? Well, I was I was going to say the Rangers, but nope, the Edmonton okay. Oilers. They have the Edmonton Oilers, <laughs> uh, which is which is interesting because see, Edmonton does have one thing going for it, John, as you know. And it's well, a, they
1: have more than one more than one right?
0: They have more than one but they have one real big thing going for for every player in the league
1: yeah. And
0: and that's a yeah. chance to play with who by
1: Connor McDavid sure uh, it, it makes sense You know that's that's one of the reasons why Pat uh, by uh, Evander Kane the other Kane state Yeah You know here here's the other thing about betting uh betting sites Bob you, you know, the, the the odds get put up by people who who are from that town who they're prepared to take the bet. It's They're not necessarily calculated bets. They're emotional bets. So just file that one away, okay? <laughs> so they know people in Edmonton care about the
0: team and would love nothing more at some point during the season to add Patrick Kane for a playoff run. Uh, correct. Colorado, That's by correct. the way, has the second-best odds in this.
1: Well, truly, I think that, uh, and first of all, as of last Friday, Patrick Kane had not decided what he wanted to do. It was still up in the air. I will tell you, I will tell you that the departure of Eddie Olchek is just another uh, disappointment for Patrick Kane. He and Eddie were very good friends. So the fact that Eddie has gone to work in Seattle, not for the Blackhawks, will bother Patrick Kane. Uh, It's just another scenario that says, hey... Patrick, what do you want to do? Where do you want to have your last kick at the can to win the Stanley Cup? And that's why I think the New York Rangers make the most sense in that scenario.
0: Given the history with Artemi Panarin as well. We're joined by John Shannon, our uh, NHL insider.
1: All right, have you heard anything at all on Kadri or Klingberg? No, no, quiet. Uh, it's really strange. Uh, And and Darren Ferris is uh, a very giving agent, uh, always very communicative. And uh, we are hearing crickets at this point. So uh, again, but but, uh, as we talked about on Monday, Bob, what's happened, the league's almost taken a, a, a step back for five to seven days. You know, let's recalibrate, let's figure out where we are, those that are over the over the 82-5 and working within that 10% bonus right now. They have to figure stuff out. Uh, so I suspect that as, as early as next week, we're going to start hearing scenarios again. And, and really, I'm actually more surprised about the Klingberg scenario than I am the Kadri one. Why? John Klingberg, because I think, John, I mean, the value of a quality defenseman in the National Hockey League right now, oh my goodness gracious, and there aren't you never have enough defensemen of killingberg's talent you never have enough and so the fact that he hasn't gone it obviously his asking price is way too high and 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 the the ceiling and the salary cap is is affecting things but i suspect in the next seven to ten days we'll get things will heat up again
0: uh, is it possible that Cotterie is waiting for Colorado to move cap space? Is it possible Lou Lamarillo and the Islanders are in on Cotterie, and that's why it's so quiet?
1: Well, I mean, and let's face it, Lou has to move space too. Lou, Lou has to move uh, pieces too to, to make it. I'm still shocked that the Islanders haven't made an impact in free agency or in some level of trade. Lou does not stand still. Lou, uh, you know that building is brand new. He's got a new coach. He has to support him. They have to find a way to make things better on the island, uh, both in the in the short term and the long term. So yes, I'm I'm surprised that we haven't heard more. I'm su- no, I'm not surprised we haven't heard it because when Lou doesn't things, we never hear them. But I'm surprised that uh, the Islanders haven't done more.
0: Did you read the front page of the Globe and Mail yesterday? The two stories involving Hockey Canada 2018 team.
1: I did. I did, yeah. I And I, I've kept abreast of what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, the only thing I can say is that I, I understand and appreciate the journalism from everybody, whether it's uh, Global News. That Global News has done a marvelous job. Every single player. Time. They broke down every single player that was on yeah. that team and who'd said yeah, what, yeah. Knew, right? Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous job. But um, I, I would, I, I, the truth has to come out yes the truth can't the, the truth can't compromise what the victim wants that's a big part for me bob uh you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm the father of a 28 year old daughter uh i would i want my 28 year old daughter as i i would want that that victim to be protected as much as she wants to be protected Yep. she has to feel safe and protected uh and uh do we need to get to the truth yes but we have to make sure that. She's, she's safe, and she feels comfortable in anything that happens.
0: Are we gonna be seeing a different Hockey Canada in the future?
1: Well, I think the, the, uh, you know, the memo they sent out last week, the release they sent out last week, uh, addressed a lot of the stuff that has to happen, and I believe that the government will press even more, and, and transparency, and honesty, uh, and um, you know the ability to do due diligence quicker You know, what happens now that, you know, business, Hockey Canada is a business too. Uh, It's a big business. And what we're finding in every big business from, you know, a a five person employee to 5,000 people is that human resources department are now the most important thing. Running and managing people is the key thing in all of this. And that's what's gonna have to improve at Hockey Canada. John, great stuff. Thanks for your time.
0: Cheers, Bob. Cheers. 1249 at Edmonton. Still to come in the next 10-minute block of the show before the 1 o'clock news, uh, we'll hear a comment coming up from Glenn Gulletson on his relationship with Jay Woodcroft and Woodcroft's body of work. We'll get to some of your texts as well. This is Oilers Now. It's 1249 in Edmonton.
2: I've never seen a guy do a better job coming in. Um, he just did a fantastic job. Pushed all the right buttons. Uh, the way he prepared us for games uh, uh, six in, in the the uh, L.A. series and then the start of the series against Calgary and throughout that series, I thought it was very impressive for me. I've worked with some real good guys uh, over my time and uh, I, I thought he, he just did a real a really good job. I think he deserves uh, a lot of credit and his extension uh you you know, it, it was uh, it was well, well-deserved. I, I think Woody did a really good job. Back to the question, Woody and I, you know, we, we went back a long way. You know, Woody and I went back, and we used to talk when I was coaching Dallas, and then, you know, when I was in Vancouver, we talked. we'd share contracts because we were both assistants and, you know, trying to help each other out. So it was an easy transition for me coming in with Woody because I knew him, I respected him, and we were friends before. Uh, and then I think it was a good transition for Woody. Because he'd been in the organization, he knew the players. He had relationships yes. with the players. The second part of that was so it's an easy transition. You know, it's not easy to walk into a room with Connor and Leon and then start telling them what to do. But when you have a relationship uh, with these guys, and then he had a great relationship with our young guys, and, and they really you know gave us a push from the bottom as well.
0: All right, that is. Um... Oilers assistant coach Glenn Gullitson uh, yesterday talking about the relationship with the coaching staff and uh, the coaching staff all getting three-year extensions done. It's 1254 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. A reminder that the Oilers now injury report has heard all season long courtesy of James H. Brown injury lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown. They have unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. These guys are the best when it comes to injury law. All right, Brendan. So here's the deal. So we're having this conversation in and around uh, and John brings up a very good point. John Shannon was just on Pierre-Luc Dubois wanting to play for the Montreal Canadiens. That's the belief. Um I I I've if you take a look and I'd I'd like to know what the numbers are on it, I just think that there's the Oilers as an organization have had greater well, I think last year Edmonton had the most Canadians in the league on their team. Now, there have been American players that have liked playing here, Doug Waite and Bill Guerin, and I think they would have been completely comfortable staying here. The problem was Kevin Lowe couldn't give them $9 million a year uh, back in the early 2000s, which is what those guys ultimately got when uh, they got moved. Um, you know, it's it's interesting here, and I, I, I'm not sure if it's... It's a funny league. Like I know, in talking to Cal Nichols in the past, so Brendan, from two thousand and one to two thousand and four, there was a thing called CAP, Canadian Assistance Program. Edmonton, Calgary, and Ottawa got three million dollars a year for three years before we got to the O four O five lockout. There are American owners that whined all the time about having to shell out for the Can- those three Canadian teams. Not, so twenty seven million dollars over uh, those three years. So, you know, there was, at that time, 27 other teams in the National Hockey League. It's a million bucks each. And they complained about contributing that to those three Canadian teams. You don't want to know how much the Arizona Coyotes have gotten in the last 10 years. But it's over 200 million bucks. Okay? That would be my guess. My guess is be around 200 million. Hockey means more here. But because it means more, do you think it's more challenging for... Uh, I mean, we have people texting about the difference between Americans and Canadians, that Canadians are more loyal. Uh, wh- where's your headspace at with this right now? Do you Do you have focus... Do you focus on drafting more Canadian players, staying away from a specific, specific type of player? What do you think? I, I think that that's part of the reason Trevor Zegres isn't an Edmonton
2: oiler right now. And frankly, Bob, I watched the, the Vancouver Canucks prioritize drafting Swedish players for a, a long period of time, if you ask me. So I don't think it's that uncommon, really, for a team. You know, maybe there's some sort of pipeline that they have there or what have you. But uh, I don't know why you would want to invite that kind of risk into a situation if you have an option that's also there on your draft big board that is canadian if i'm a canadian team i'm picking the canadian kid 100 percent of the time because
0: i don't even want to run the risk that he's going to do something like this later down the road well it's interesting uh Paul has reached out 2016 draft. Matthews went number one. Line A went number two. He's been traded. Dubois went three. He was traded for Line A. Paul Yarvey's four. He's an RFA. We'll see where he ends up. Yo Levy went five. He has obviously got moved. Was a complete bust. Matthew Kachuk sixth. Hmm, interesting. American, Finn, Canadian. Finn, Finn, American. Now that said, I got a lot of time for Swedish and Finnish players. I got time. For, somebody suggests to me, Bob, there's a difference between American players that play uh, major junior hockey in Canada and guys that come out of the U.S. collegiate system. But you have to have some empathy for the Flames. They had they drafted Adam Fox, and they drafted and developed Johnny Goodrow, Matthew Kachuk we will continue down this path, this conversation point. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. When we come back, hour number two, David Staples' call to hockey and Frank Saravelli from Daily Faceoff, who's written a piece on why it's hard for Canadian teams to win. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio,
2: 630 Chad.